Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, we're back. We're back. So welcome to the very first weirdest thing. Ask me anything. Yeah, we're doing an ask me anything. Um, and I'll go ahead and be real honest. It's because I've had a busy couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was Scotty straight up was like, do you have time to research? And I was like, no, I do not. Yeah. I absolutely do not. <laughs> Before we get too into the weeds about this, uh, I'm Amelia Umpuero. I am Scotty Milder. And we're your hosts. And like Scotty said, we're going to do uh, an Ask Us Anything yeah. episode. So, so this is going to kind of come cover the gamut of uh, some questions about the podcast, a few kind of personal questions, yep. and then a couple like just sort of random ones that are thrown in there. Beautiful. <laughs> so should we just go ahead and get going? Yeah, let's do it. Where okay, did these well, questions? Well, these questions came from social media, right? And then mm-hmm. I think a couple were sent to us personally right. from right. from listeners. And we're going to ask them anonymously. We're not going to name the people who asked the questions. So. Yeah. So don't be weird. Right. <laughs> we were hoping that would encourage people to ask, or at least I was hoping pe- that would encourage people to ask like spicier questions. And we didn't get that many spicy what questions. What kind of spicy questions do you want them I to don't ask? Know, just like <laughs> controversial things, like things that we would be like, not sure we want to answer, but we didn't, I don't think I we don't want that. We, yeah. <laughs> weird. Okay. Let's hit it. Okay. Well, so the, we'll start easy. And this was, I got this from several people, uh-huh. uh, but just people want to know how like we became friends, how we became friends. So the first time I met you was actually at a revolutions kickoff party, which <laughs> was a, a, there was a, a theater company here in Albuquerque and they, they would do this global theater festival and they would throw a big kickoff party. And this had to have been it's 2010. It was 2010. And I know that just because I had just moved back from LA. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you were dating a friend of mine Mm -hmm. who's now a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And it was at the kickoff party. And she was like, I want you to meet somebody. And we got introduced there. And then I saw you and two other people do karaoke to some, I don't know, it was like Rammstein or something. Um, I actually (laughs) remember this. It was System of a Down. That's what it was. (laughs) It was top three. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were sort of like floating around each other for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then you came to see our first show that we did at Duke City Rep. Mm-hmm. And you had an idea, and I'm not going to get too much into this because I think we're going to talk about this later. Yeah. But you wrote a little short film and mm-hmm. you asked me to be in it. And it was just like basically you, me, and the camera. And so we spent a weekend together filming that thing and doing the thing. And I think it was it the go bois thing mm-hmm. that really was like, oh, yeah. we're we're cut from the same cloth. Like right. we started no, that, talking. I, I mark go bois is like the official start of our friendship. So we should d- s- explain what this is. Well, we were talking, We were, I think we were talking about like videos and stuff that makes mm-hmm. us laugh and stuff. And I can't remember if you showed it to me or if I showed it to you. You showed you, or it we to had, me. 
we okay. were we were on set, which we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, somehow we had some downtime, and you were like, "I have this video, I have to show you." And it was like on YouTube or something. God, yeah, and it's a video of a little girl. And I'm when I say little, I mean she cannot be older than four. She might be younger. Yeah, she's and like three she, or four. She's, she's basically a toddler, holding the leash of like a golden retriever, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And she goes go, and the dog <laughs> fucking takes off it <laughs> takes off and so she's holding onto the leash and when the dog takes off she doesn't run she just face plants <laughs> and the what is the sound that is like the yeah. is the air being expelled from her little body as she hits the ground and it's so it, one of those like perfectly cut screen kind of things because it just <laughs> stops right there. yeah so she literally goes go what go <laughs> I think if you go to YouTube and literally put in go blah, yeah. that comes up still. Yeah, B-W-A-H, go blah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I like knowing little kids, I know that she had an idea of how that was going to go, mm-hmm. and it completely went tits up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was like, well, I, it I, was at that moment that we were like, oh, we we're, we're, we have a lot in common. Yeah. Well, because I remember, I remember, like I, like you said, I was dating a mutual friend of ours, mm-hmm. um, who I'm, I'm actually gonna talk about a little bit more as we get okay. into later things. Who, uh, she introduced us at this revolutions party, and then mm-hmm. I saw you in a show, mm-hmm. not the first DCRT show, but a show that a friend of your, you were acting in a friend show. I don't know. If I show at UNM. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh huh. And then I think we went and got drinks. We did. The three of us. We did. Uh, after that. And I remember uh-huh. like thinking like you seemed really cool, but also like I thought you were like very like sophisticated actor person. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and now you know the truth. <laughs> well, and then go blah. I was like, oh no, she's <laughs> not I at all. She's were, a fucking were, dork. Yeah. I thought you were like way more. I thought you would like, I would be like the type of person that you'd be like, hmm. I don't know about this rapscallion type, but then it was like, no, we're the same. No, we're we're the same. We're the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I cannot endorse enough the Gobois video. Gobois, yeah. Fully, I, I will fully. occasionally just like look it up just to remind myself. There are a couple others like that. There's the German guy jumping onto the icy pool. I really also <laughs> love the girl in the who's wearing the stupid black beanie and she's mm-hmm. in like a bra and underwear and she also jumps into the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have a couple of videos that have just. I think what happened is that I can't not laugh at people falling down. I want to, <laughs> I want to add the, 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 like the bullet point of that, that it's like, clearly if somebody has been like clearly injured mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, you know, like so, uh, sometimes you'll watch like skating videos and stuff where people fall, but they like drag across the, like anything where I'm like, Ooh, that looks like it hurts, but people just like falling down mm-hmm. there's that video that's been going around instagram of the person who's like falling down the steps that like goes into the river or whatever <laughs> yeah and i fucking i can't with that video it makes yeah. me laugh so yeah. hard girls on rope swings trying to like swing into a body of water and mm-hmm. they never have the upper arm strength to like hold themselves up i say that as as mm-hmm. a, a woman who also does not have the upper body strength to hold myself up and they just like <laughs> fucking eat it on the muddy bank of this river Right. Yeah. So I think that had that had a big, big thing to do with it that we were like, oh, okay, we 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 both think the same things are funny. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is just a recipe for friendship. Right. Exactly. And so that leads to our next question, which was talk about like when you guys first started working together. And so you alluded to it. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll kind of spell it out a little bit more. Um, so we, had, this was all 2010. I had just come back from LA mm-hmm. and then uh, DCRT was just getting started. Like when I met you, you were guys were like in the final stages of like, you were doing some fundraisers and stuff. Yeah. We were in like the six months leading up to our first show. Right. And so I finally went and saw you like I'd seen you in this UNM show but that was a very like I mean it was like a huge cast it was very like clown based you know yes um but then I saw you in a show it was the very first DCRT show it was called Trust mm-hmm. and there's a scene I want to say like halfway through the show something probably maybe in this maybe like just past the halfway point maybe past where, where your character has found out that your boyfriend is mm-hmm. essentially cheating on you yep. and you have this big fight and i if i remember correctly you're throwing like glasses like mm-hmm. shattering glasses in the middle of this big fight yep. and i remember watching this this is just a, like a really great clue as to how my brain works yep because i saw you screaming at this guy on stage i don't remember if you're actually screaming but i wasn't but speaking yeah quite harshly <laughs> yeah <laughs> and throwing glasses and one thing i've said to amelia over the years is like you play crazy better than like almost anyone i've ever seen because <laughs> <laughs> you can be like genuinely terrifying thank you so i'm watching you in the scene and i just had the image of you covered in blood looking yep. right into a camera and talking about how you just ate a rat yep and like that just like popped into my head and i was like oh i don't know what that is yeah and then i think by the time the show was done by the time the like the run was done or the, the, perform- the performance no, that night like okay. that night's performance i think i pretty much had like arced out the entire story okay and so it's a short film and i guess i'll give like the quick synopsis mm-hmm. as uh you are playing a woman who has just split up with her husband and she's this is like i kind of in the pre-zoom era yeah um where i mean i guess skype existed i had the idea of you like recording videos to send to your daughter who's still with your husband yeah and as you're in the middle of recording one of these videos a nuclear bomb attack happens and then the rest of the short film is just you talking into the camera as things like degrade and degrade. yeah um the movie is called send it was basically a three-person crew it was yeah it was you performing you're the only i mean we have a couple people come in yeah at the very end yeah (laughs) Uh, but it's basically just you talking into a camera and then a lot of sound design and makeup and stuff and it was me behind the camera and then another friend who was doing like the makeup effects on you yep and we shot it in your house yep and this is like and again i didn't really know you very well at the time no we had met through this mutual friend Yep. We were, it was just you, me, and this other friend who was kind of coming in and out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just, uh, I don't know. I just feel like it was like two days, like in your guest bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. just like bonded. And then part of that bonding experience was the Go Blah video. Yep. Yep. And um, you telling the story about the bear licking you. Yes. Which yeah. um, at some point, I, no one, unfortunately, no one asked in this AMA, like, when have you been like accosted by a wild animal? But <laughs> At some point, I am going to have to, like, tell that story. <laughs> yes, yes. At some point, you should. <laughs> but we're just going to leave it as a little Easter egg for now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a teaser for future for future stories. Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of 
it. And like, we spent a really intense, like 48 hours together Mm -hmm. making this thing. And it's still, it's one of my favorite, I'm going to post a link to it um, on our show notes. It's still one of my all time favorite things I've ever made. Like in a film. And a lot of it, I mean, I'm proud of my script, but I really loved your performance in it. Thank you. It had like a weird, like it didn't go viral, but it kind of went almost viral for a weird hot second there. Yeah. So yeah, that was a fun one. And then we went on to, so this mutual friend that I was dating at the time, I'm just going to name her. I don't oh, yeah. she'll care. She's married with a kid now to someone else. Yes. <laughs> but uh, her name is Lauren Myers. She and I were doing a lot of work together. We were doing a lot of, even after we we broke up, we stayed friends. So like, yeah. we were doing lots of movies together. And she actually stars in my feature film, Dead Billy, which we also uh, wrote a kind of a dual role for you yep. in that. And you have one scene in Dead Billy where uh it's just a slow push in on your face like a dolly move as you're giving a monologue. And it's probably my favorite single scene in anything I've made. <laughs> and it's definitely it's the scene from that movie that everyone always brings up to me. Oh. So yeah. That's awesome. So it was just like I think you know we bonded and then we enjoyed working together on stuff yeah. and then yeah. just over time, you know, just both realized we were into true crime. That was a big yep. thing. That was a big thing. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like there was a lot of, which is, you know, sort of the genesis of this podcast is that we would like go grab a drink and somebody would be mm-hmm. like, have you ever heard of, or yeah. like, do you know the story about this thing? And it was like, a lot of it was true crime stuff, but it was also a lot of the shit that we talk about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we started doing that back in 2010 and just didn't stop. And then a few years ago, mm-hmm. someone was like, you should just do this on a podcast. Right. <laughs> well, we, and we've been on a couple road trips together and uh-huh. some before and some out. And one thing we realized over time is like, when we get in the car together, oh, yeah. we just don't stop talking. No, and like- we... We literally, Scotty picks me up or I pick him up and we don't stop talking until the other person gets dropped off at the end of the trip. Mm-hmm. Like when we was... went to LA, we literally, you picked me up. We talked the entire way to mm-hmm. LA. We were staying in an apartment where you were sleeping on a couch and I was sleeping on an air mattress in mm-hmm. the living room. Like, I think the time that we had apart was like when either of us were in a bathroom and we were seeing mm-hmm. some wonderful friends out there as well. But mm-hmm. like, we're just like, yeah. I mean, we tested the problem last year when I drove out to Virginia with you. I mean, we didn't stop talking all the way to fucking Virginia. <laughs> I think there was one moment and I think it was just because we were getting into Nashville. Mm-hmm. It had to have been the end of the second day. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit later. And there was a lull of like 30 seconds. And Scotty was all had did, did we finally did we, we run, out of, do we run out of stuff to talk about <laughs> and i was like no i'm just tired yeah no so yeah. i mean that and and so this leads to the next question um which was how did the podcast come about and you kind of answered it um, i'll give a slightly longer answer i actually had the idea several years ago oh i'm I've to- i told you about it <laughs> you act all surprised uh i'm not remembering like probably I want to say like 2017 2018 it kind of came about because you got me into and, I, and we can name other podcasts right? yeah okay yeah so Amelia got me into my favorite murder mm-hmm. which I think if anyone has listened to this podcast you know that that show had kind of an influence on us yeah and I started thinking about like just the idea of doing a podcast kind of like that with you Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was going to call it rabbit hole. And it was going to be just whatever rabbit hole, like we went down that week. Right. 
Because that was, that was what we were finding is that we would bring something up and then the other person would be like, oh, but did, like, did you see the thing about this? Mm-hmm. And like, it was constantly talking about the the rabbit holes that we fell into on the internet. Right. Right. And so it, we talked about doing it for a couple years, but you know, you were busy. I was busy. Things were happening, you know, we never got around to it. And then the world shut down in 2020 yep. and both of us were kind of like, didn't have a lot of like social interaction as yep. everyone else knows. Yep. And so we started talking about the podcast again. And then your brother specifically was like, you guys have to do this. I think we kind of pitched the idea to him and he was just like, yes, do this. And then he kind of wouldn't let it go. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can kind of be like, what are you doing with that thing? Yeah. And so we were like, oh, I guess, I guess we're going to do this. And then I, yeah. I looked it up and apparently the New York Times has a podcast called Rabbit Hole. Yep. And so we had to like. We went through a couple of names and like, mm-hmm. yeah, we had Rabbit Hole. I even think that we were, and we were like, could we do like down the rabbit hole in the rabbit And we were mm-hmm. like, it's a podcast from the New York Times. Like that's, like, awesome. that's too much. Yeah. We can't do that. And then I think we had looked at like, maybe like Cabinet of Curiosities. And I think mm-hmm. there's an there's either another podcast named that or it's called like Curiosity Cabinet or mm-hmm. it was like vice versa, blah, right. blah, blah. And then I had texted you. I'd had this idea and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, if Scotty likes this, then, then then it's an idea. And I was like, what do you think if we just call it the weirdest thing? Mm-hmm. And Scotty, I have the I have the picture of it somewhere of that conversation. <laughs> um, and you, it was just you went, ooh, and it was like dot, dot, dot. And then I think it was like, I like that. And so yeah. I was like, all right, there we go. That Let's... was it. And it turns out there are some podcasts with similar titles, but they're not from the New York Times. So they're you know. not from the New York Times. I feel um, like we're and so those podcasts can eat a dick. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. Well, so I think you have some questions on your end. Too, yes. So. Yes, I do. And the first one is. How weird is too weird? I'm going to assume that that means in terms of like story mm. selection. That That's a good question because I feel like you and I have, we have a different threshold perhaps. Okay. So I'm going to turn it to you first. For you, how weird is too? Like, what are the lines that you don't necessarily want to cross? Um, I think for me, the story has to be weird slash interesting. Mm -hmm. So there's some stuff that it's like, there are really like well-known stories out there, but they're just like sad and gruesome. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's like a criteria for me. Like there actually has to be something interesting about it. And maybe it's not weird, you know, like the origin of Thanksgiving food isn't necessarily weird, but to me, that is an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's yeah. it's something that like it's not an obvious question you know it's like yeah something that like we all you know like the origin of thanksgiving food is it's like yeah that's not necessarily weird but it's not a question people think to ask so it's like and i think that's kind of my litmus test for it is sort of like you know which is how we got episodes like that how we got like the history of the t-shirt that it was just mm-hmm. a little bit like why the hell do we do that or why is that so mm-hmm. popular or where did that come from Mm-hmm. I also try to stay away from anything that has been like done by multiple podcasts. Like right. I'm never going to talk about Jonestown right. on this podcast. Cause one, again, it's just like gruesome and sad. Mm-hmm. And two, there are a 
billion other podcasts that you can go and listen to it who have like spent the time really digging into that topic. Mm -hmm. And so those are already out there. And then of course there's stuff that like doesn't necessarily interest me. Like, like I'm a little like eh, about alien stuff. Like that's (laughs) all weird, but I'm a little like, I'm not super interested in it. And I think that's the thing is that like, I think it's happened to both you and I, where we've been like, I'm going to do a story on this. And then we get into it and we're like, this isn't really that interesting. Right. (laughs) That's definitely happened. Yeah. Like it's kind of boring or like, there's just not a lot of meat on the bone. Mm -hmm. There's like one anecdote about the story. And then like, that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. So there's like, you can't really build a story around that. But that's the thing is that like the research that we do, which is, flawed yeah <laughs> clearly you know like no, no i hope no nobody's like sourcing us on like research papers and stuff but we have to spend a decent amount of time yeah. with a topic and right. so it really has to be like captivating to us and mm-hmm. then hopefully that comes across to the listeners as like oh this is interesting to us as well yeah i think it's similar for me i think i have maybe a higher tolerance for the dark stories than you do Mm. um i mean you'll do some dark stories but like i think i my mind tends to go there a little maybe more quickly than yours does Mm -hmm. but i have the same line about if it's just sad and gruesome that's not weird that's just sad and gruesome yeah. And like, I need there to be some sort of narrative that kind of sets it apart. So like when I did the Hartford Circus Fire, it was just about a bunch of people burning alive in a tent. Like, that's not yeah. interesting. Yeah. The stuff that was interesting to me was like, you know, this little girl who no one's been able to identify. Right. And the weird maybe motivations of the guy who maybe, maybe didn't start the fight you know mm-hmm. like it's got to have some sort of narrative that is beyond just the circumstance of the thing that happened but like it's yeah. got to go like wider than um, yeah. one thing i found is like paranormal stuff on their own like if it's just like let's talk about i don't know uh like the secret city under the secret alien city under dulce new mexico because i thought uh-huh. of doing that okay well that's interesting that people think there's a sacred alien city under dulce new mexico mm-hmm. except like and what and <laughs> like, what and what like there's no there's no next step yeah. to that you know yeah so that may be part of like one of our odds and ends because that was like a little bit of like doing the lordsburg door story for me it was like that works for an odds and ends episode but you can't do a whole episode out of that because there's not really a narrative to it it's just like yeah. some people think there's this thing out there Yeah, that's the thing is that like you have to go into there has to be a story and you have to find an angle to the story. Right. Like when I did. We did. Neither of us just wants to read the Wikipedia page to you. all. Exactly. Yeah. And I've had uh, in fact, I just recently had a conversation with a friend who was comparing us to some other shows that do similar things Mm -hmm. and basically saying they like us better because we don't just read the Wikipedia page. Like we may start with the Wikipedia page. Uh huh. But like, that's never enough. We want to find that like sideways angle into something. Right. And, like for me, a good example of one of my stories like this was the MK Ultra story. Because mm-hmm. like you could do MK Ultra where it's like the government was doing this thing. And here's just the story of the thing that the government did, which right. is not that interesting. But to me, the story of the scientist who was maybe killed to like, you know, cover it up is like, right. that's a more. OK, there's an angle into it. There's like a character and a human being there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. 
Do you want to ask another one of your questions or should I keep going on my end? Why don't you go ahead and we'll come back to mine. Okay. Well, okay. Here's one that I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to deflect. Um, (laughs) So I've had a couple people be like, Scotty, you should talk more about your writing because you don't actually talk about it that much on the podcast. Mm. And so my answer to that is I'm actually have started another podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's where you go to hear me talk about writing. So I know I mentioned it when I was on last time with Rebecca Rowland and now it is officially up. It's called Horror from the High Desert. One episode is up with um, my friend Mandy, who you guys might remember from last year. I have another episode coming out in a week, which is an interview with a writer named Douglas Ford. And I've got several other interviews lined up. So if you really want to hear me talk about writing, talk about horror, like really like do some deep dives, that's where, that's where to do it. So I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to that as well. In the awesome. Show. So, yay. Okay. So there's that question. Okay. <laughs> uh, going back to your question or the last question about how weird is too weird. Uh-huh. After doing all the research that you've done, do you guys still believe in like the paranormal or did you ever believe in the paranormal? And I'm going to include aliens with that. Okay. Um so I'll ask you first. Like A, did you ever really believe in the paranormal and and mm-hmm. has this show added to your belief or subtracted from your belief? So, okay. So here is the thing about the paranormal is that, and this is always like, this has always been my sort of thought process on it is I think that it is, I think that it's like a little self-centered of humans to, to think that we have everything figured out. I think that there is absolutely stuff that we have not figured out. I have had enough in terms of like, if we're speaking about paranormal in terms of like ghosty realm stuff, Mm -hmm. I have had enough weird stuff happen to me that Mm -hmm. I don't have a quote unquote logical explanation for Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, there is clearly something going on here, whether that means that there are ghosts or that energy sticks around or whatever the hell, I think that there's stuff that we don't have an explanation for. I Mm -hmm. also think that like, you know, like people are like only like, you know, some small percentage of the ocean has actually been explored. So to think that we have encountered every species of animal or Mm -hmm. living being on this planet, I think is also just a little ridiculous. Like there Mm -hmm. has to be. So that goes into like cryptids, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. Yeah. Maybe like the Mongolian death worm isn't real, but (laughs) like maybe there's something else out there that is mm-hmm. in terms of aliens like i don't know it just makes me really sad to think that we're the only living thing out here mm-hmm. so i will say that like i've always believed in that stuff i don't know that this has ever that doing this podcast has lessened or increased my belief in it i will say that what is interesting about the podcast is that there are like big they're in the pop culture zeitgeist right mm-hmm. of like spooky things that have happened and it's like okay well maybe that's not yeah, once you look into it. Yeah, like mm, that might be a little, you know. Right. And even things like the Amityville horror murders. That's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like something happened and it's like, well, maybe it didn't. Maybe somebody was just like really not well, you know. Right. But then there's stuff like the fucking black eyed children that I'm like, uh-huh. how do you explain that? Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm, I would say like, because I have always been the type of, I like, I'm like one half the like freaky horror writer who wants to believe everything weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the child of engineers from Los Alamos who doesn't want to believe anything. Like I have both of those warring impulses and I've had them forever. So right. I would say doing the podcast 
has probably made me a little more skeptical of things Mm -hmm. but i've not I've not come down to like I'm not like one of the fucking like debunkers from Reason magazine or something. Like, right. And you're also not like an <laughs> X-Files dude. And I'm not yeah, I think like there was a point in my life I really wanted to be the X-Files dude. Like yeah. I really wanted to be the guy that believes in chemtrails and stuff because right. that seems like like fun. weird and fun or whatever. Yeah. And like even before doing the podcast started really like once you start kind of looking into what that kind of conspiracy minded mentality leads to especially now especially you know what now, i mean like it's like, it's, fu- it's all it was all fun and games to believe in like chemtrails in like the 90s mm-hmm. but now <laughs> right it also means that you're like QAnon. it also means that you're like a flat earther it right. also means like jewish space lasers exactly like, <laughs> well like i remember i remember i had a friend uh still have a friend he's still a friend of mine mm-hmm. who uh his mom uh this is back when i was in college his mom was like very very much into like alien paranormal you know particularly alien stuff and alien conspiracy theory stuff and i remember i was going to visit her once and she was watching some video uh-huh. on, it was some guy giving a lecture on like alien conspiracy theory something uh-huh and she right away, she was like, I mean, this guy's really interesting, except for the fact that he like ties it all to Jews. And she was like, I don't know why he has to tie it all to the Jews. And then I'm watching the video and he starts talking about how like Jews are basically aliens. She was like, I mean, everything else he says is interesting, but like that, I, don't yeah. know, I can't go. And I'm like, but doesn't that kind of debunk everything? Like if he loses credibility based on this. Yeah. Why does then everything else loses then everything else, everything loses credibility. And I found as like, we've looked into some of these stories and it's not always, I mean, cause sometimes it's like the Denver international airport conspiracy theory stuff. You know, I don't think there's anything specifically about the Jews there, but, but you just start realizing that like the type of mind that is willing to like go from like the government is hiding secret time travel experiments and there's a alien base under Dulce, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. It's a very short hop from that to QAnon. Yeah. <laughs> and I think doing the show has made me even more aware of that. So it's made yeah. me like want to be more skeptical. That said, yeah, I, I make no apologies for the fact that I think there's something to the Mothman stories. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I believe in Mothman, but there's right. something to that. Right. Definitely to me, something to the Black Eyed Children's stories. Right. I've experienced ghosts. I've seen a UFO, Mm -hmm. uh, which may have been a government thing. I don't know. But like sometimes the conspiracy theories are true. Like MKUltra super did happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, it's like what I found is like actually what's most interesting to me is less the conspiracy theory itself and more the like people who believe in it or like. And how the, re- the conspiracy like, theory came about, you know, like the Philadelphia experiment. Yeah, like, how the exper- uh, how the conspiracy theory came about. To me, actually, one of the most fascinating things about conspiracy theories is why people are sus- like why and what type of people are susceptible to, to mm-hmm. conspiracy theories. Because um, when you start to like look into the psychology of that, there's a lot of overlap between a lot of things, and it starts mm-hmm. to be for me, it's a teeny bit easier to have some compassion for those people mm-hmm. to a point then there's a point when i'm like you need to fucking turn off the <laughs> oan or whatever the right. fuck it is that you're listening to and go outside touch some grass eat a hot dog mm-hmm. and like 
you know yeah. just jo- join like join join life. society right? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so I, th- awesome. I think we're kind of in the same place on that yeah um, but of- i do i do believe in mothman and i have not given up on the luckless monster fantastic i know i know you've got a soft spot for nessie I sure um do. sort of sort of along the same lines of that is this next question which is are there any topics you two have mutually decided to stay away from mm, interesting Mm-hmm. Is there something we? I'm now I'm trying to remember. Is there something we've mutually decided? I know that there's some things I've sort of avoided. I don't but. know that we've had like a conversation about like let's not do that. Although, I like I think again, sort of along the lines of like anything that, especially any like major podcast has covered in mm. depth. We're sort of like mm. right, and maybe it's because we're like it's not really like it doesn't fall under the thing of like weird or interesting like. You and I aren't trying to talk about like Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer. We like have, it's sort of like we have had conversations about true crime and how we want to approach true crime. And like we've both agreed we don't we never wanted this to be a true crime podcast, mm-hmm. even though we'll touch on it. Yeah. And I think I don't know that we've ever set this up as a rule, but I know it's something we've talked about is that we feel somewhat uncomfortable particularly when it's like horrible stories like murder type stories yeah if like the people involved are still alive or like immediate family are still so that's why like yeah. you'll notice when we do tell crime stories they tend to be older stories yeah i'm more interested in getting into the weird historical crime stories anyway yeah and yeah like what what do i have to say about ted bundy that hasn't already been said right yeah yeah and i think there's just Again, like part of that has to do with like, well, what's interesting about that? And like for Mm. me, I touched on some pretty well-known serial killers, but through the lens of their groupies. And to me, that was the, that was the angle on it. It was, it wasn't rehashing Ted Bundy's crimes. It wasn't about rehashing what Richard Ramirez did. It was about talking about these, in most cases, women who Mm. became enamored with these men after what they had done came to light. Right. I mean, again, it's that sideways way into a story that we're always. Yeah. And again, that's like a psychology thing rather than like, I listen to these grisly details. I know there's also stuff that it's been like, and this isn't necessarily been something that like we have both been like, yeah, let's not do that. But I know that you and I have both run across stories that we would love to do, but it's just like, it's the topic is so big. Mm hmm. That like we we don't even know how to find an entry point into right. it. Well, like I had one uh, friend wanted me to do like the history of Nazism, and I mean, okay, like if I wanted to do like a ten episode <laughs> arc or yeah. something, I you know that said, I would love to find a way into that. But it is it's so you talked about wanting to do one on like the war on drugs, and it's mm-hmm. like these are such big. Like, how do you wrap your arms around like? you know yeah and there's a thing too in terms of like there's a story that i'm interested in doing which i'm not going to talk about too much in case i ever figure out how to do it but it's one of those things where because of what the story deals with we already have long episodes and if something takes place if there's like an interesting story that takes place during like a major world cultural event Uh we have to decide how much background on that major cultural event we want to give because how do you do you do you kind of mention it in passing do you you know what i mean like if there's a story about the civil war 
Do I mention the civil war there that takes place during the civil war? Do I mention the war in passing? Do I go down the rabbit hole of like, mm. so the civil war started when. <laughs> right. Which I feel like we have episodes where we fall in pretty early on where we kind of fell into that trap. And I think we've kind yeah. of learned how to find that balance. Better. Yeah. And it's a bit of a joke, you know, now that we're like, so, you know, whatever story it was that I was doing about Los Angeles. And I was like, so let's go back 10,000 years. And it's like, you know, it's a right. bit of a joke, but like, it's also a thing that I know I frequently have to rewrite my stories where I'm like, nobody cares about this shit. Well, like it goes back to the, like, it's, it's the rabbit hole thing. It's like, yeah. you go down one rabbit hole, which leads to another, which leads to another. And like, you know, to do an episode, you know, we try to keep our individual stories to like 45 minutes to an hour typically. Yeah. And like, you know, you can't necessarily go back to the beginning of time with all these. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to ask another one or should I move on? Go for it. Okay. So y'all seem to have very different taste. What is the one pop culture thing you can agree on and what do you most violently disagree on? I think we need to take yellow jackets out of this question. That's a really easy, that's a really easy answer though, is yellow jackets. I do have another one. Okay. I know we agree on. I wonder if you can guess it. What what would you say is the one thing? Don't ask me to do this. I'm coming (laughs) off of a two show day. I mean, once I say it, it, it'll be super obvious, but I mean, it's obviously the West Wing, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. God. <laughs> and the West Wing is like so baked into, like Scotty and I have never watched the West Wing together, no. but we have both watched, I mean, I don't even know how many times I have watched that series all the way through. Oh, I, ca- I couldn't even I tell. couldn't tell you. I could, yeah. And so there's a lot of bits from that show that are like deeply baked into Scotty and I's friendship, <laughs> right. not the least of which is the Dallas Morning News. <laughs> I mean, all you have to say is Dallas Morning News and I start laughing. <laughs> uh, the other one would be Butterball Hotline. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, and that's that is like a very weird Venn diagram of Scotty and I's interests. Because and is I don't think you would that... look at either of us for different mm-hmm. reasons. You wouldn't look at you or you wouldn't look at me and be like, obviously a West Wing fan. Obviously. And I think that's <laughs> the thing is that Yellow Jackets kind of makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. But... You know, there's like this weird kind of horror maybe supernatural element to it that Mm -hmm. speaks to you there's also just enough of it that i'm into it also fucking you know high school in the 90s which we're both into a show about a bunch of high school girls dropped into an insane experience which i know Mm -hmm. speaks to me and then a lot of like people that you and i both really like uh actors whose work you and i both really enjoy very much our generation you know yeah yeah but the west wing is like the west wing (laughs) is such a hopeful idealistic Mm -hmm. show that it it is actually a weird venn diagram for for you and i yeah and it is it's a very because i go back and watch it and like Post-2016, it's a very weird show to watch. Yeah, I could not watch that show for the entirety of Trump's presidency. I didn't watch that show Mm -hmm. for four years. And I honestly probably do a rewatch of that series top to bottom probably about once a year. That's probably about the same for me. How did you, I don't know if I've even asked you, like, how'd you get into the West Wing? So weird. Okay, this is, this is the weirdest thing. Um, (laughs) So I was working in Virginia back in 2000, whatever that was, I guess it would have, at this point, it would have been 
2004. Mm-hmm. And we were out on tour. I was a barter player and we were out on tour. And I do not remember the town that we were in, mm-hmm. but it was some little town near the DC area. And we were walking around and it was cool because it was sort of like a kind of like there, like a lot of colonial architecture remained and there was all of the sun. I was like, oh, what a cool little town. And then literally like a week or two later, I was back in Abingdon and I had turned on the TV and an episode of West Wing came up and I was like, wait a second. It was a scene. It's a scene where CJ and Leo are talking. It's it's when Leo's kind of scolding CJ about like, don't get pissed at me because you fumbled that thing. Oh, right. Press right. Conference. And yeah. I was like, I was just standing on that corner. Mm. And that's supposed to take place in New Hampshire, but obviously yep. shot it. <laughs> and I was like, what is this show? And then I kind of started like dipping into it. And I don't think it was until I moved back to Albuquerque that I was like, let me check out this show. Mm-hmm. And I started at the beginning. And I think for me, it was a thing about like a group of people trying to get something done and make something beautiful and fix something that just one just speaks to me already. Like, you know, I love an underdog. Right. Um, And (laughs) I guess it's weird to say that the president of the United States is an underdog, but it just was so, like I said, so idealistic Mm -hmm. that it just became like a, a comfort watch for me. Yeah, it's definitely a comfort watch for me. I got into it uh, probably, I mean, it was when I was in Boston. So it was like 2004, 2005. For whatever reason, Bravo had in the morning, every morning they had an episode of ER followed by an episode of The West Wing. And just, at, I, you know, my classes were always in the afternoon or evening. So I always was just around the apartment in the morning. You know, my roommates were always gone. And so I would just sit there and have my morning coffee and watch an episode of VR and an episode mm. of the West Wing. Yeah. And at this point, the West Wing was still on. So I think they were only showing like the first four seasons or something on Bravo. Mm-hmm. But I just got hooked on it. And, you know, nothing against ER, but like ER was like, it was, you know, a good way to spend an hour every morning. Yeah. But the West Wing just like it got its hooks in a lot deeper. And I think for me, it's just I'm a politics junkie. Yeah. And I'm a politics junkie, not just in that I'm like a political person with political beliefs, but like, you know, I'm like the inner workings of like how politics work. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, you know, I had a, you know, my first degree is in journalism. I definitely had it in my head that I was going to be like a political journalist for a while. Mm. I've thought over the years that like I probably would have made like a really good political strategist, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm really, I'm into like the game of politics. You know, it, I will say the game of politics is way less fun now <laughs> than it was. No and kidding. Like, I mean, even, you know, even in the mid 2000s where we were in the middle of the Iraq war and stuff, there was a lot of dark stuff going on, but it wasn't, it didn't have the feel that things have now. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Very much so. So like, I mean, the, the West Wing just appealed to me on that level. And then Aaron Sorkin's writing, and there's a lot of things about Aaron Sorkin that like are not my favorite, but like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He <laughs> is not an uncomplicated individual. Sure. And even in his writing, you know, some of the stuff that he's very celebrated for, like it can kind of great after a while, you know, yeah. the super clever kind of quippy kind of thing. But when he's good, there's no one better. There's yeah. just no one better than Aaron Sorkin. And like yeah. just his dialogue, the way he can structure a scene. I think of like the opening episode of The West Wing, the pilot, where the way we're finally introduced to President Bartlett 
Yeah. And then there's just like, there's, you know, the, I won't give it away in case anybody hasn't seen the West Wing and is like, (laughs) don't, no spoilers, no spoilers. Uh, But, you know, there's the scene in the last season between two characters and one of them is like, I want you to talk to me because I like the sound of your voice. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that's, that's John. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, But there's just like some really, some lovely examinations of the human condition in that one. As far as what we disagree on, I have one, but yeah. I want to ask. I, you I think I, I think I will know what it is, but go for it. Uh, metal music. Yeah, of course. Like, just <laughs> can't. There's Scotty will play it for me, and I'm like, I no, I I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> no, I, I knew please, that was. Like, I knew that was your. Please turn it off. <laughs> I would have said I would have said death metal because I do think we do have a little bit of a metal Venn diagram overlap where I think we can both appreciate some of the like 80s cock rock like the Motley Cruz and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would say I would say death metal whatever it was when you were doing the Swedish death metal <laughs> and you were like I'm going to you're like I'm here I'm going to play 3 minutes of this song and I was like no. I think I played 30 seconds but sure fine 3 minutes. It was long. It was long. Um, yeah, I think that that's, I think that's the, because there's been other stuff, punk and stuff that I'm like, yeah, I mean, I might not listen to this, but uh, you know. I'll bet you'd like the Ramones if you sat and really listened to them. They're yeah, kind of maybe. Like they're, they're, they're fun. They're bouncy, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the, the death metal is the one that I'm like. I The growly Rory stuff is not your. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'm. I, I knew that was going to be the answer. We can move on. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> okay. I right, might as well knock this one out. Okay. Um, I, we've already kind of answered it, but more than one person asked if you and I ever dated. Mm. Let's just clear it up right now and say, no, we have not. <laughs> no, we have not. <laughs> no, we have not. No, we're just, we're just super good, super good besties. And I do yes. think, it, I do always find it interesting that people can't wrap their heads around. Yeah. A lot of people have, because yeah. it's not just that it's like, oh, you guys haven't. It's like there's we're sometimes met with a sort of disbelief of like, mm. mm-hmm. and it's like one, like, hey, why, why would we li- lie to you? Why would yeah. we lie about it? Right. And two, like, it's okay. Like we yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's also funny to me too because like there are other guy friends who are that I have that are much more like much more physically affectionate with me mm-hmm. that I have not had people being like, are you guys dating? I think it's just that people see us together. Like we're kind of, we always kind of show up places as a unit. So a people unit. are like, well, they yeah. must be, but I'm like, if you looked at anything about us, I mean, you, yeah. If you well, took uh, any kind of context clues. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've actually physically touched you in like, eight years i might have given you a hug eight years ago i don't know yeah i mean usually if you do the extent of it is you poking me yeah that's like, true. no and a, i did like i did I do think that you the other just night. did that like the night before last <laughs> that, that i was crazy. walking by and you like poked me with your finger yeah that's been about that's it mm-hmm. but yeah i think it is i think it's confusing for people right. to see i think people who actually know us well though get because the thing is the thing that makes us such good friends i think also makes us like undateable to each other yeah because like we're we're actually probably too similar mm-hmm. 
and like yeah i i think no it's it's just it was never been the dynamic it never and but you know like me and and i've had her on the podcast me and mandy used to get that yeah i've always had i've always been very comfortable having women as friends in a platonic way yeah so like you know man mandy and i used to people used to always question our relationship in boston and it's just yeah (laughs) exactly and it's just like like you said it's fine don't worry about it yeah. And also don't ask unless you have someone awesome to set either Scotty or mm. I up with. Well, that leads to the second part of the question, which was, and this was asked of d- different people for each of us. Okay. Um, are you single? So I'm I'm going to, uh, I'll just say, yes, I am. I'm single, not particularly looking. Okay. <laughs> I like my alone time right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I I guess same. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a same in terms of single. I'm gonna do like a soft, not looking. But I think this is the big thing is that like for me, when I've been single for like a minute, mm-hmm. you know, again, as I like to say, it doesn't mean I've been a nun, but um, you know, hi mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom's like Amelia. <laughs> But the like the big thing for me about this when I get this question asked is that like I have a very full life. I've got a bunch of creative pursuits. I've got a small and like very dedicated, incredible circle of clutch friends who I adore. I have very active relationships with my family. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of work that I do. And so my thing has been like for somebody to come into my life in a relationship type of way would kind of like fuck up my life. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that I'm unwilling to fuck up my life. It's right. just that it's got to be somebody who's like really worth. Yeah. And I would say life. that when I say like single and not looking, it's like, I'm not actively looking, but it's also like, I'm not actively like, ew, gross. You know? Yeah. It's- look, you're not going to find Scotty and I on the apps right now. So no. don't look. Um, <laughs> I think know. I am on one of them. I know I'm on the Facebook one because I keep forgetting to turn it off and I get the <laughs> notifications for it. Um, but I think, I think that's the one I'm, I'm it's the only one I remember that I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's the answer for that yeah. one. So there you go. All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> do you have another one you want to ask? Um, yes. Again, give me just a second. <laughs> I don't even, I like, I'm trying to think of this. This is what's the weirdest conversation slash interaction you've been a part of or witnessed. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. We we'll have to play the like the music while they think about this. Welcome to our show. Welcome to our show. It's a good show. I mean, there were definitely conversations that I had with strangers when I lived in Boston. Uh huh. Because I used to smoke. I would go outside the bar to smoke. Uh huh. I would talk to the locals in like. I learned a lot about the sociology of like Boston townies. Yeah. That was fascinating. And sometimes a little, I've talked about it on here, sometimes a little terrifying. Yeah. So there was that. I know there's something out there. I know that there, I know I have a story of something happening, some weird thing happening at some point, but like I, I'm absolutely blanking on this one right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, maybe if it, comes back to you while we're talking yeah i will say that i did watch a fight in high school happen between two girls and i want to say i was like i was like a junior or a senior i was definitely an upperclassman and these two girls were like freshmen and we Mm -hmm. had this area of my school that was called the fishbowl and it was like like a 
what is it called? Like a deep, you know, it was like, there was the floor of like the main common area. Mm-hmm. And then it was the circular thing where there was like two little steps down. So it was like a sunken in place. Mm-hmm. We called it the fishbowl. And there was two, it had to have, it had to have been that weird that I still remember it this clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They were yelling at each other. They were like in each other's face. And they then they started pushing. It started escalating to pushing. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of like, do you want to go? You want to go right now? You want to go right now? <laughs> and then one girl pulled her fist back and did like a comical, like Bugs Bunny style, like haymaker, like, <laughs> like wound her. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then like slapped the girl with her fist. <laughs> and then the girl who got hit was like, <laughs> and then the teachers were like get the fucking class like it was like oh 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 is this gonna be a fight is this gonna be a fight is this gonna be a fight and then it was like the we- like the most anti I- scotty i swear she sat there doing this long enough for me to like start laughing and not be able to stop laughing and I was like, why is she want and like who whined like she literally wound up the punch mm-hmm. For like a good 15 That's... seconds. It was <laughs> I weird. mean, that doesn't actually do anything. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> but she was like, humana, 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 humana. It was, it was weird. I did watch a bar fight in Boston. Like, it was just one of those, like, cleared all the tables in the middle of the bar. People, mm-hmm. you know. And then my friend, and I'll go ahead and name him. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this. Uh, my friend John, who... Is from London and like looks like Harry Potter. I mean, looks like actually looks like Harry Potter. Okay. Um, but he's also but he's like the son of like an East London cop. So it's like, oh, like John's got a little bit of tough guy in him, but you wouldn't think it looking at him. Yeah. He just threw himself into the middle. It's like, fellas, fellas, <laughs> please. And like stop the fight. And here I am, like six foot four Scotty, like in the background, being like, don't hit me. I my second one i just remembered this is that it was right when i had moved back to albuquerque and i'd gone out uh, with some Mm. friends for halloween and i was at a bar and this guy starts talking to me and he pulls out his business card um because i think he was like what are you doing and i think i was like yeah i'm like i'm back i'm an actor i'm starting a theater company he was like that's amazing and he was like here's my card and he was like he goes, I write poetry like E.E. E. Cummings, but I keep it to myself like Jane Austen. And I was like, <laughs> I think I was like, I like just dropped the card on the floor and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I don't remember if it was Jane Austen. Please don't at me being like Jane Austen didn't keep her stuff, but it was somebody uh, probably, like that. Uh, Emily, Emily Dickinson. That I think is what it was. Yeah. yeah. But I write poetry like E.E. E. Cummings, but I keep it to myself like Emily. No, you don't keep it to yourself because you just fucking told yeah. me about it, you like, dick. Fuck <laughs> off. Right. <laughs> oh, this reminds me of one of my favorite uh, overheard conversations. Then we okay. can move on to the next. I've told you this story. This was in LA. Um, I'd gone with some friends to see a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade. And then there was a bar kind of right at the end of the corner where the UCB theater was. It was a bar called Birds. And we were there, we went there after the show. And I, I think I went up to the bar to get a drink. And there were two like attractive young women sitting at the bar and they're mm-hmm. just like chatting. And then this guy comes up and starts talking to them. And I'm just standing there overhearing, being like, is this for fucking real? Because he, st- he starts hitting on them. But he was clearly, and he was like a total schmo looking. I'm 
don't mean to body shame, but like right. <laughs> schmo looking dude. Like, okay. and he, uh, he clearly had watched some videos from like pickup artists and was like trying the techniques. Ooh. And so he, his whole thing is that he was a quote unquote heavy scare quotes producer Ooh. slash manager. And he thought they had the look and was like, giving them his card but then he was doing i don't remember what he was saying but he was doing the negging thing where it was literally stuff along the lines of like i mean you know if you did something a little different with your hair you'd really pop you know that kind of thing and these girls were eating it up seriously they were just, like, they were just literally they were like oh my really like what what do you think i should do with the hair you know and 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 he was like well you know if you give me a call i get blah, blah, blah. they're like oh yeah thank you well here's why don't i give you my number and then they each rattle off a couple different numbers and i'm like i need to warn these girls like how how are you living in la and you're this naive yeah yeah and you don't but know he, this. he toddles off and they bust out laughing and then one of them sees me looking and she's like, I saw you. I saw you watching that. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, no, we knew what this game was. What Turns out the they heck? were both comedians from Upright Citizens Brigade. And so they like they knew how to like uh, do this amazing. whole thing. And they gave him like, I think one said she gave him the number for, because they each apparently had their numbers memorized for when this happens. Uh-huh. One was for the like psychiatry and industry of death museum. <laughs> and then one was for like uh if you're trying to come to terms with your sexuality hotline i think (laughs) but i was like well played ladies well Well played played. well played yeah yeah it was uh that that i was i was very uh pleased by how that played out (laughs) amazing scotty actually witnessed a guy try to neg me over the weekend um he sure did. He wasn't even as subtle as this guy in LA was. No, no. And I'm going to say that he attempted to on account of the fact that he like put the neg out there and I immediately called it out and shut it down. You batted it away like a cat, like with a cat toy. You were just like smack. And it, yeah. And then literally turned your back on it yeah. and scooted as far away as he could. And he just kind of sadly got up and wandered off. Yeah. Like I, you know, and I said this to you, I was like, I don't know what the fucking is about me but like guys love to try to fucking neg me and i'm like just now getting to the point where i'm like oh that's what they're fucking trying to do and i don't Mm -hmm. i don't care i don't this actually moves on to the next question which is any weird advice Uh any weird advice that we have for our listeners i actually don't give a fuck why a guy is trying to neg me i don't care if he's trying Mm -hmm. to hit on me i don't care if he just thinks that i'm like a fucking uppity bitch who needs to be taken down a peg if he thinks that i think that i'm joking yeah if he thinks that i don't give a fuck i'm just at that point now where i'm just like i don't i I think i actually was like we don't fucking no you're like we don't do that here and like yeah turn to talk to your other friends (laughs) yeah and yeah. he was like, no, no, no. I mean, I was kidding. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. And then was like trying to apologize to me afterwards. And I was like, you've already, like, you had 30 seconds to make an impression on me. Mm-hmm. And that was how you just, dis- like, that was how you chose to do that. Right. So I don't have anything else to say to you, bro. Yeah. Which is just like, yeah, I, I think like back in the day when I was younger, like that kind of stuff would really hurt my feelings because I didn't understand like why it was happening. It's happened to me enough now mm-hmm. that I'm just like, yeah, I don't I don't know why you're doing it. I don't care that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. I am actually I'm certainly going to call it out and be like, I see what you're trying to fucking do here. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, we don't we don't well, do that here. 
And I guess if we're going to go to the advice part, it's like, yeah, A, believe people when they show you who they are. 100%. And uh, don't be afraid to call it out. Yeah, because... And the thing about that is, is like, I was not like, I didn't, I didn't like lay into, into him or anything. I was just, I was just like, yeah, like we don't fucking neg people. No, I mean, you were even laughing as you said it, but you made it clear that like, no, my back is turned to you now. Yeah. Like, like we're done now. We're done. Cause, yeah. Cause right. you don't, you don't know anybody any fucking time. I mean, not only did he do that, he like, we were in the middle of a conversation and he was just like, yeah, blah, 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 and starts like yelling neg things at you. Like, yeah, don't fucking don't, inter- don't like, do it. if you're going to interrupt somebody's conversation, here's another, here's another tidbit for you. Okay. Put this on a t-shirt. If you're going <laughs> to interrupt somebody's conversation, it better be too quickly interrupt their conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You also better have something to say. Like yes. you better have a reason yeah. for doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not just and to it like needs... insult you after you just got done doing it. No, no, which is, you know, we're talking about again, I've had a I've had a couple of strange interactions over the last couple of days. You also witnessed the mm-hmm. other one. And yeah. that one was fine. Like the second mm-hmm. interaction I had was with somebody who um had just seen the show that we're doing right now. So and it was just someone who's very enthusiastic. Very about enthusiastic about yeah. it. You know, and like I never felt out of control in this situation so i was like this is fine this is (laughs) it it wasn't that much but this person had me in a full-blown like headlock hug Mm -hmm. like they weren't trying to like give me a noogie but they like i they were i they were kind of trying to absorb me into their body a little bit i feel like we should clarify that this person was i mean i don't want to gender the person but it was either woman or sort of female presenting person yes so not like not like some d- big beardy dude put you in a headlock or something. No, no, but it has been weird. It's like, it's such a weird fucking thing with actors. And I like so understand, you know, like inevitably on Reddit, there will be something like, you know, there'll be like in the Ask Reddit sub, somebody will be like, you know, who's who's like, who's the shittiest celebrity or something like that. Mm-hmm. And inevitably people have... Like there's a lot of people who come up frequently in those, but there'll be times when somebody's like, oh, this person is speaking. Like I grabbed their arm and turned them around and was like, I love you. Let me take a picture. And they were like, no. And like, they didn't mm-hmm. have to be a dick. And I'm like, you have to you understand. Have to grab their arm. Yeah. You didn't have to grab their arm. And here's, here's the thing. Everybody is that your price of admission in terms of like the, whatever it is that you pay whether that's your time or your money to consume somebody's work, that price of admission gets you the work. Mm -hmm. That's it. It doesn't get you access to those people as human beings. It doesn't give you inclusion into a bubble. They Mm -hmm. actually don't owe you anything because what they gave you, like what they owe you is what they've already given you, which is the work. You paying $15 to go see a fucking movie? Come the fuck on. Exactly. And it's just, it's just, that's been on my mind the last couple of days. It happened again and not in like a bad way, but I was just like, huh, like there's nothing. Somebody at the show last night who my hand was on a table and they reached across to put their hand on mine and they were saying very complimentary things, but then they started like rubbing my hand and kind of going like up and down my arm a little bit and i was like there's nothing in you that is like i don't have access to this person's body in this way yeah well it's i i hear this from pregnant women sometimes too it's like people think it's okay to just come up and like rub a pregnant woman's belly god no like no (laughs) no like would you do that to a non-pregnant person no, so don't no. do it to the pregnant person. It's a little bit like, you know, somebody's smiling and like sticking your finger into their mouth. Like, it's just like, that's not. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my advice. 
don't touch people unless you've been invited to touch them. Don't neg people. And if mm-hmm. you do get any of those things, don't feel bad about being like, hey, man, it's not cool for you to do that. Yeah. Well, should we uh, move Let's on move to on. the next question? Yeah. Okay. Here's one that's really just for me. Okay. Um, and this took a little bit of research. A friend wanted to know why the gender differential between softball and baseball. Like, um, why is it softball for women and baseball for men? The uh, at least at least the idea being that softballs for the girls and baseballs okay. for the boys. Okay. And I was like, honestly, I do not know, but I did find an article from uh it's kind of a it's an op-ed from the new york times by someone named emma span is from june of 2014 and it's called is softball sexist so i'm just gonna uh, summarize little bits of this op-ed so also can we also just say that a softball is not soft it is just a large baseball (laughs) right um well and and we should clarify so the the main i think there are probably other differences between the sports but the main difference obviously is the ball it's it's a big baseball essentially Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. you said it's still hard yeah but where baseball is an overhand pitch Mm. softball is an underhand pitch and so typically you would think of an underhand pitch as not being as hard as an overhand pitch okay but if you watch like college softball games or like they will underhand pitch that shit fucking hard so i don't know I had some friends. <laughs> yeah, I had three friends when I well, I had a friend growing up and she had two sisters and all three of them played softball. And I can't tell you how many fucking Saturday mornings I spent at softball <laughs> games. Yeah. And I saw the injuries that came out of those games. I saw the girls who got beamed with a softball, you mm-hmm. know, a grounder popped up and hit them in the face. And I was like, it just yeah. looks like more surface area to do more damage. <laughs> yeah that's that's fair yeah but i did but i did so i did look up uh this article and she gives a little bit of some interesting uh history so obviously baseball uh evolved from the british game rounders okay rounders was historically played by both girls and boys it was kind of like just your neighborhood game kind of and then men invented softball in 1887 because it was seen as safer and more modest game so like the idea originally behind softball is it wasn't an initially gendered idea, it sounds like. But I think it was like, you know, for like older people to play, you know, and like, you know, hmm. people who are not as athletic because, and I think, again, the underhand pitch is a little less intense maybe than the overhand pitch. Or okay. at least that's the idea. Um, and like, I know like my uncle, you know, he was in a softball league yep. for years, you know, so it's not that men don't play softball, but the fact that it was seen as easier, safer, and quote, more modest meant that over time it became seen as, quote, more suitable to the ladies. Interesting. So, like, there was a guy named A.G. Spalding. He was the one who was, like, sort of early on was like, I'm going to turn baseball into America's pastime. Okay. And this was in, like, the mid-1800s. And so he has a quote where he says, quote, A woman may take part in the grand scan with applause for the brilliant play, with waving kerchief to the hero. Uh, This is from his 1911 book, America's National Game. He says, but she couldn't actually play because baseball is too strenuous for womankind. But this is bullshit because, like, women have been playing baseball since like the beginning at least since the 1830s well and it's also not like men don't tear up their fucking bodies i know like i mean i'm a big baseball fan and i'm always like you know so-and-so pitchers on the dl for because they tore uh, you know pitchers with their arms catchers with their knees cartilage in their 
elbow yeah, or get whatever. Get the fuck out of here with that. But yeah, so like women played baseball back to the 1830s. There was something called the Bloomer Girls teams. Uh-huh. That would like barnstorm around. In 1931, a 17-year-old girl, this is again from that article. In 1931, a 17-year-old girl named Jackie Mitchell of Chatt- of the Chattanooga Lookouts, which I think was a women's baseball team, mm-hmm. she struck out both Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig consecutively in an exhibition game. Hell yeah. Another woman, Mamie Peanut Johnson, pitched against male players in the Negro Leagues for several years. So there were like women's, I mean, if anyone's seen the movie, A League of Their Own. Like, I was going to ask there that they're, they're, that's baseball, right? That's not softball. That's, that's baseball. baseball. Yeah. Okay. But, but it was fine because all the men were gone at war, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, again, 1830 women were playing baseball. Yeah. So that, so that like that argument falls apart. Yeah. Um, things really started to change apparently in the 1970s when people started suing the little league like american little league organizations to bar girls from playing people would claim that baseball was a quote contact sport they said the boys would quit if girls were allowed to play they said that girls bones were weaker than boys they said that facial injuries could ruin a girl's looks and therefore her prospects in life and they even tried to claim that if a girl was struck in the chest by a baseball she might later develop a breast cancer this was in the 1970s. Like, the, we're not talking about the 1800s here. This is the shit they're saying in the 1970s. So girls were essentially banned from Little League. Now that, that has changed today. Girls are now allowed to play in Little League. Mm. Um, I don't think boys are quitting en masse the way people thought they would. It's fine. Like, girls playing baseball is fine. Let's just stipulate that it's fine. There's also nothing wrong with anyone playing softball. Softball is a perfectly fine, fun game. But I think that's how softball became seen as the girl sport because girls essentially were being barred from playing baseball. Okay. So they so softball was where they were kind of like shunted off to. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. So there There's we go. the answer to that. Yeah. Um, like it's <laughs> a darker answer than I expected. The whole like claim about getting breast cancer is just everything like, is always a darker answer than right? we expected. I mean, as yeah. literally just happened with disco demolition night that I was like, haha, let's see what this is. And then I was like, oh <laughs> exactly. raging homophobia. Okay. Right. <laughs> so anyway there's your answer on beautiful the softball versus baseball question awesome what else do we got okay uh if you didn't live in albuquerque where else would you want to live hmm. there is like a very specific level of fame that i would have to have to do this and if wow. i had that very specific level of fame los angeles yeah los angeles is like because I've lived there, obviously. Yes. It's when you have a lot of money. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's and I probably a lot of fun. But. Yeah, and and the the level of of I guess uh, maybe fame. The level of well, yeah, the level of fame that I would want to have is that I would be able to still go to the grocery store, you know, go out, walk my dog, go to the gym, do that kind of stuff without being followed by the paparazzi, but have the income to be able to like live in LA you know what right. I mean yeah it, it'd be kind of fun to like live up in like the Hollywood Hills or something in one of those yeah still houses yeah. yeah you know like something like that mm-hmm. there's also like like Malibu in like the 1960s 1970s before it mm. was like Malibu yeah you know what it was I mean? still kind of like a weird hippie paradise yeah like a little beach town like that mm-hmm. also sounds really really cool and then if i couldn't do either of those 
so I just spent some time in a town like this for this surf trip that I just did, mm-hmm. like a little beach town in a Latin American country. Mm-hmm. I think I would also really enjoy yeah. yeah, like, like somewhere on the Pacific side of Mexico, Costa Rica, something like that. I could, I could definitely kind of see you doing that. Yeah. 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 yeah for me, it'd be pretty different. I would live somewhere colder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More mountainous. Less I mean, oceany. That- Less definitely less oceany. I would love to live in Colorado. Um, not necessarily Denver, because mm-hmm. uh, Denver is not in the mountains. It's out on the plains, actually. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. But if I could live up on like somewhere in the western slope, like Durango or something, I, yeah, like a little Colorado kind of mountain town. It's really funny. Sometimes Scotty and I have a text thread with my brother, and sometimes one of us will like send like a post or something that's like this cool little house, and it is very funny to see that mine is like an open air thing that's like sitting yeah. on the like you know goes like has the patio that goes like out over the ocean and blah blah <laughs> and Scotty's is like a lone cabin right. <laughs> yeah. in the middle of like a dense snowy wood. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, one of my like, if I again, this is if you had the money, yeah, uh, to do it. If anyone's ever been skiing in Park City, Utah, they would know that there's actually like cabins, like people have homes that literally are on the ski slopes, so you can just open your back gate, jump out, and ski down the mountain, like that. Like that's heaven to me. Yeah, like, I, I I could ask for nothing more than to just like live on a ski slope yeah so there there you go that, okay <laughs> did you have any more do you want me no to? i'm all done on my end all right so this was all from one person who's your favorite actor singer and writer i know you don't tend to think in terms of favorite. i know i really hate being asked what my favorite anything is because i'm like mm-hmm. it depends on the day yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i mean we've talked about it. you don't like the whole like um the the, the kind of parasocial sort of uh hero worship that happens with people yes yes i mean everyone knows who my favorite writer is so Mm -hmm. i don't need to talk anymore about that i mean obviously stephen king i will say my favorite actor who is sort of surprised me when i think i realized he was my favorite actor Mm -hmm. but and it goes back to something we were just talking about because he's in one of my all-time favorite tv shows and he's in my favorite movie of all time that would have to be mr martin sheen Yes. Because, I mean, he is the president that we all deserve. He is. uh, President Bartlett. But he's also Willard from Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, And that kind of shows the gamut. And when I think of, like, just some of my favorite on-screen performances, I love him in the movie Badlands. Mm -hmm. I love him as Crazy Greg Stilson in The Dead Zone. He's not so good in Firestarter, but, you know... Also, I just love that he's, I love that he's been arrested for protesting like 80 times. I got to watch him be arrested. You talked about this in one of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And literally took his picture. Yeah. Seems like a decent, seems like a fairly decent human being. Yeah, I think he is. I've never heard anything particularly problematic about him. Uh And like, even, you know, because obviously Charlie Sheen is like, he's Charlie Sheen. Um, But everything you ever hear from martin sheen about it's just i think he's just a father who loves his son and is just like yeah man like i wish he could get it together you know yeah yeah Um, yeah so that yeah he's my favorite actor do you have one has any well you do all of yours and then i'll do i'll do all okay uh i said favorite writers obviously stephen king favorite singer you know my favorite band of all time is pink floyd but my favorite singer would have to be mike Patton. 
which is uh, the lead singer of Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. Okay. Again, metal dude, sort of. Anyone who knows Faith No More or really anything of Mike Patton knows that he runs the gamut. Like he can do everything from like death metal to opera, basically. Mm-hmm. What I love about Mike Patton is that he's got an amazing just an incredible voice like Mm. literally can sing opera totally untrained has never Mm -hmm. taken a singing lesson apparently um he can go from that to like death metal screaming in one song but he's also just a genuine fucking weirdo and like will do whatever weird fucking thing enters his head his solo after all is like you know mr bungle faith no more doing you know gust stints on like melvin's albums and stuff when he finally put out a solo album it was like all like 70s italian music like beautiful Beautiful. you know he's just a genuine oddball but like extremely talented and if you haven't i mean just go listen to uh faith no more's angel dust album even if you're not into metal uh you don't have to listen to every song but just like scroll through and just listen to the variety that he brings Mm-hmm. For those songs it's pretty incredible so they're nice yeah okay um singer actor writer mm-hmm. okay again this is all really hard for me because it's 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 very hard i i struggle with favorite anything. like people will be like what's your favorite food and i'm like i don't <laughs> i love all of yeah. it but i will tell you my two favorite books mm-hmm. of all time are to kill a mockingbird mm. and like water for chocolate which obviously we've talked about. Mm-hmm, which we've talked about. Favorite actor. <laughs> this one's hard. I'm going to say this person. Part of it is because he is my future husband. The other part, <laughs> talking about parasocial relationships. Um, and the other part, <laughs> the other part of it is also just because like he is very good. And there's something like there is something about him every time he's on screen is Oscar Isaac. I knew you were going to say him. Uh-huh. Um, my favorite female actor, hands down, goes to Merritt Weaver. I love mm-hmm. her so, so much. Her work is just so beautiful. If you don't know Merritt Weaver, she was on Nurse Jackie. She mm-hmm. also did a little guest stint on New Girl. She uh, was in the Netflix limited series Godless. And she also stars opposite Tony Collette in um, Unbelievable. Un- Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's also which Netflix. Is, which is also on Netflix. She did a great limited series with, what is his name? Domhnall Gleeson? Oh, yeah. yeah. Which was, I think it was called Go on HBO. Mm-hmm. Right. She is just. She's in one episode what? of The Wire. She's in one episode of The Wire. She is like, oh, she's, she's so real good. good. She's she is good. so good. She also has probably one of the best award acceptance speeches ever. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like 27 seconds long. <laughs> uh, she's fantastic. Okay. So that was writer, actors. Singer and singers. This is another hard thing for me. I don't have like I don't have a favorite band. I, mm-hmm. with the exception of the death metal that we talked about, there's probably <laughs> at least one song that I like of almost every genre of music. But to me, the best, like the person who I think is the best singer, is Freddie Mercury. I mean, he'd probably be like my second after my. Dad. Freddie Mercury is really, really an incredible vocalist. Mm-hmm. And just could do so much with with his voice. It was really just incredible. Yeah. Um, and Queen rocks. If you don't well, agree, I don't know what to tell you. 
Queen is such a great man because I'm always, and it's why I love Pink Floyd. That's why I love Faith No More. It's why I love David Bowie. I really appreciate musicians where you can't quite wrap your arms around what they are. You yeah. know, like yeah. I love me some Slayer, but Slayer is Slayer. Slayer is yeah. like a thrash metal band. Yeah. Has been a thrash metal band for 40 years. Beyonce <laughs> does Beyonce what we Beyonce. like, does what Beyonce does and does it very well. Very well. But yeah. Queen, yeah, they're kind of a hard rock band. They're kind of a classic rock band. They're kind of a pop band. They're kind of, like, talk about a band that has really run the gamut and like never landed on any one style. No, they were just very doing the thing. Quirky, like, yeah. compared to their contemporaries. Yeah. Um, and just turned out a bunch of great fucking songs. In a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. They... I mean, one of one of my favorite songs to do karaoke is um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Always got to have at least one other person do it with me, but I love doing Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I've been I've been known to I've been known to uh, karaoke to somebody to love. Mm-hmm. And it's I a kind seen of you do that. Yeah, it's a kind of magic has mm-hmm. a very special spot in my heart. Yeah, yeah. And then they did the theme to Highlander, which is like yes. one of my favorite movies. Which I always sounds like the end of that song sounds like it goes fried chicken. <laughs> no, I think that's is that Iron Eagle. I think that's the Iron Eagle song because they also did right. the, yeah. yeah. And I don't know what they actually say, but it also it always sounds like it ends with fried chicken, chicken, chicken. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, anything else? I got a couple more. Okay. What Shakespeare play? This one I think is specifically for you. Oh, yeah. Although I have my answer. Okay. Uh, but what Shakespeare play is not done enough, not performed enough. <sighs> I think I think the genesis is like everyone does Romeo and Juliet a bunch. Everyone. Yeah. Does. So let's go through the main ones that you always see are mm-hmm. Hamlet, Mackers, R and J, Midsummer. Mm-hmm much ado which i love Mm -hmm. and then you've got your sort of like middling ones which are like othello caesar 12th night as you like it Mm -hmm. tempest those are for lack of a better word i'm going to say the easy quote-unquote shakespeare like Mm -hmm. they're the ones that the the plots i think are the most accessible right they're enough in the pop culture zeitgeist that people usually have some idea of what the plot is Mm i i mean i've talked about it on this show and it is it's a it's a difficult fucking play but i don't think people do i i know why they stay away from it but i don't think they do taming enough Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say well because that's a hard one because if you do that one wrong you're really wrong well and i think the thing is is like people want to apologize for it like they're like i don't know what to, or they want to do like we were talking about the mm-hmm. other night like fucking peter brooks where you've got like a lobotomized kate and right, um, right. and i think i think people stay away from titus a lot and i think it's mm-hmm. another one that it's like i i think both of those plays are plays that people are like i don't know how we do this mm-hmm. and i think you won't know how to do those plays if you are stuck in a thing of this is how we are supposed to do shakespeare plays Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. either that you worship at the altar of the immaculate text or that you're like, we like it's too thing with Titus is it's, it's an incredibly bloody play. It's, it's a very violent play, mm-hmm. but so is Mackers. Like yeah. 
Mackers, I think, is actually more bloody and violent than Titus. And so people are just like it it's it's always interesting to me that people stick like steer away from from Titus so much. Right. And I mean, then you've got others like, you know, I don't know that anybody's trying to do time of Athens or like like <laughs> I've never I mean like Troilus and Cressida. Yeah. But like you've talked about, there's some of the ones that are underdone. There's a reason they're underdone. It's because they're they're sort of not that good. Or I'm, they're yeah. really hard to like, you know, they're called kind of the problem plays for a reason. Yeah. Know? And I think there's plays like, you know, um, All's Well. All's Well That Ends Well mm-hmm. is one that it's like you, there's some stuff that needs to be examined in that mm-hmm. play to do it now. Right. And if you aren't going to examine that and really make it clear like why you have chosen to do that play, what you and your like what you and your company are trying to say with the doing of that play. Mm-hmm. I mean we were talking about the same thing with like Merchant of Venice. You know, mm-hmm. we were talking about that the other night. The one that I wish people would do more, only because I really haven't seen it that many times, and you know what I'm going to say, because mm-hmm. um, it's my favorite Shakespeare of all time, is Richard III. Mm-hmm. I know it's his longest play, which is maybe one reason why people don't do it. It's yeah. also like, I think people don't tend to do the histories as much. I think it depends where you are. I think mm-hmm. the histories, I think you probably get into the histories more in like major regional theaters and in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. They're probably touching on the histories a bit more. But like, again, I don't know anyone who's doing, I can never remember if it's Timon or Timon of Athens. You know, Anthony and Cleopatra, that's another one's a really good show. Like, it's really, really good. I've never seen that one. Yeah. I just love Richard because I love the character of Richard. Yeah. He's he's like, he's one of my favorite villains. Yeah. I mean, if you want to call him a villain, which I guess you can. Yeah. I will say, just quick plug. If you want to see a great movie adaptation of it, look for the, I, I never remember who directed it, but the Ian McKellen. Uh, yeah. Starring, I, well, actually, I think Ian McKellen might have directed I don't, I don't know. I'm talking on my ass, but Ian McKellen starred. And I want yeah. to say it came out in the 90s. A version of Richard III that kind of is like, uh, got a almost World War II kind of milieu to it. Yeah. The trouble with, uh, it's not the trouble, but the thing is with a play like Richard III right now is... Mm. We're moving into a world where it's not really right to not cast someone who is differently abled in that Mm -hmm. role. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then if you do cast someone differently abled, then that kind of comes with its own, like, maybe tricky. (laughs) I don't know. Because, I mean, that's a whole thing about, like, you know, what opportunities are out there for for actors with disabilities. You know what I mean? So there's that kind of stuff. I'd love to see a version of Richard with an actor who fits the character. And part of my thing with Richard III is I just... And we're again, we were talking about this the other night. I don't need to go on the whole thing, but I just don't think most actors get the character right when they portray him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would really love to see someone really like take a different approach to the character. And then I would say I would love to see a 15 year moratorium on Hamlet. I don't mm-hmm. need to see another Hamlet for at least a decade and a half. That's that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it has nothing to do with the writing. It has everything to do with the fact that, like, I just don't need to see another Hamlet. There was a year where I saw three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I th- I think it would be easy to say that also about, say, Romeo and Juliet or Midsummer's, But yeah, 
this is I'm gonna throw in a little plug for Duke City Rep. Like hey. you have not seen Midsummer Night's Dream until you've seen Bard Crawl. <laughs> because Thank you. and and I would say the same thing about Romeo and Juliet when you did, did that a few years ago. The problem with those shows is everyone does them the same way. Like mm-hmm. they do them a lot and they do them the same way. So you need to like put yourself in a situation where you're gonna see a completely different take and have a different experience with it. And so that's what you guys are doing with Bard Crawl. And I've seen it twice. It's fantastic. Yep. And this will come out on Friday. So you can catch our performance of Bard Crawl Midsummer Night's Dream at High and Dry at Saturday, Mm -hmm. 7.30. Um, Or next week, we have three more shows after that. So you can go to our website at dukecityrep.com to see that. Okay. Two more questions on my end. Okay. I'll ask the silly one first. Okay. I mean, they're both kind of silly, but okay. uh, what's your favorite cryptid? <sighs> I mean, I feel like I feel just through like the, just through the doing of this podcast, I feel like the cryptid mascot for the weirdest thing is <laughs> Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's that, but I also have a soft spot for Bigfoot and, you know, the Yeti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have a soft spot for Bigfoot because growing up in the mountains as a kid, I was always like kind of looking for Bigfoot. Yeah, I don't think I understood that we weren't in the Pacific Northwest. So like, yeah, I always thought Bigfoot was going to come out of the mountains. Right. Um, I do. I do love me some Mothman. But I mean, you know, I haven't talked about her much on the show because, again, what do I have to say about her that hasn't been said? But I mean, Nessie, like just Nessie will always. I know you've got to. First yeah. and foremost in my heart. You've got so. a soft spot for her. Yeah. 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 And I will say, like, I've been to Loch Ness. I've been out on a boat on Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. And you can tell yourself that you don't believe in the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> but then when you're out on a fucking boat on Loch Ness, you're going to be looking for the fucking monster. I Absolutely. Don't <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think Mothman is is our mascot for Yeah, me. sort of the unofficial, the, the weirdest thing. Mascot. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's a it's a less terrifying mascot than the black eyed children, so <laughs> we'll we'll stick with. Yeah. Oh, and I think did I ask the question? What our favorite? I I skipped a question. Oh, okay. Um, what was the favorite story you've researched for the weirdest thing? What's the favorite story that your co-host has done? Okay, big one. I meant to ask that that is a big one. Okay, so I have two. I think actually mm-hmm. for favorite. Sh- No, I have two for both. The top two favorites for the story that I've researched, this is sort of off the top of my head. If I was Uh to go through, I might be sort of like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, that one as well. I I really loved accidental foods. I loved Mm. doing accidental foods. That was a really, really fun show to research and put Mm -hmm. together. And the Barbie episode. That was another one where I was like, oh my God, there's so much more to Barbie than I ever would have thought. And to find out sort of like how subversive her story was. Mm -hmm. So those are the two favorites that I have in terms of ones that I have done. And I think my two favorite stories of yours were the Stephen King episode that you did Mm. and Golden Voyager. Those two, like, really? I think, like, really hit me in the feels. Yeah. 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 No, I'm actually, now that you say Golden Voyager, because I'd forgotten that one, and that that goes high up for me, too. Yeah. That, that surprises me, because you don't like space. You're not usually interested in space. I think the thing, again, the thing about it of, like, sending something out with this, like, hope. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like it's this a thing of just like, Sarkamy idea. yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if this is going to ever reach anything anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like we, when, when confronted with the opportunity to do this, so much of what we were like, this is our accomplishment as human race was art like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, this is, this would just, it fucking got me. Well, that's funny. Cause I had forgotten gold Voyager, but one that was similar um, that I was going to say for me, was one of my favorites was the the first artist on the moon. Yeah. Uh, astronaut. Who's the artist. Um, yeah. His name now. I also, for me, I really actually loved my our very first episode when I did the uh, the connection between Mount Tambora and the creation of Frankenstein. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. My favorite that I've done probably just because of your reaction to it was Black Eyed Children. Um, because like, I think I genuinely traumatized you. you I was very, and it's not the type of thing where I'm like, you know, is there my children? Like, you know, in my house. Yeah. It's not anything like that. But that night, for whatever reason, I was like, I, I can't hold on. Like, let me shut the doors. Let me turn on the lights. Let me close the curtains. Let me turn on the alarm. Like, I was so like, they're sur- I, they are surrounding my house right now. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a lot of fun. Of the ones you've done, I actually really love your Thanksgiving foods episode. Uh-huh. I think that that one was great. I really loved the earthquake in Mexico City and the miracle of the hospital. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. That was the one especially where I was like, how much do I talk about like earthquakes? (laughs) (laughs) Do I need to go into like the fucking geology of earthquakes? (laughs) And you know me, like I'm here for that. But like, no, I thought you had that one. And I just thought that was such a great. Again, like, I like telling the dark stories, but sometimes you do want, you know, like my Hereford Circus Fire story. I I was fascinated by that. But there's no happy anything about that story. Yeah. You know, doing, like, the Golden Record story or you doing the, you know, the earthquake in um, Mexico City is awful. Yeah. Except for the miracle of that hospital. Yeah. You know, and all the babies. So that one's definitely one of my favorites. And then... Probably just my favorite because it's just a subject matter I already loved and mm. I loved and I loved editing it because throwing in a lot of musical cues and stuff. But uh, Sam Cooke, like that. Yeah. Really yeah, that one was a lot of fun. What has there been a story that like you've been like, like I knew going into it that this was bad and like it's just like it, this is just this is rough and I've committed to the story and I'm going to stick to it. But like this is like a fucking hard story to tell. Black Metal Murders. Yeah, because that one, because that one's like, there's a lot to it. It's dense. Yeah, everyone sucks in that story. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm fascinated by the story. You know, I don't regret doing. And actually, that's one of our more popular episodes. But it was like doing the research on that one did get to be a bit of a slog. And then the one I did, and I'm forgetting the name of the cult, but the cult where everyone killed themselves. Yeah, all around the world. That one was like, that was a pretty big bummer. Yeah. What about you? Was there any like that for you? The Madrigal 10. That was yep. like, again, that was another one that I knew was bad. But when I started to dig into it, like I was just so mad. Well, like, you did that the same week I did MK Ultra, I think, right? I th- maybe. So like that was our episode where it was just like, this is an episode that's going to just piss you off. Yeah, that was... Felt like it was like an important story to tell. But also mm-hmm. I like I was just like, God wow yeah like, that was a rough one yeah but i did think it and i thought you told it very well 
Thank you. Another one I really enjoyed doing for me, and I think it goes back to what we were saying about sometimes there are stories that it's just hard to get your arms around until you find an angle. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, we I think you had talked about doing like a war on drugs story. Mm-hmm. I really liked the open air drug markets. Uh, I like doing that research because it really like that one confirmed my, oh, there's a hawk outside my window. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Uh, (laughs) That's totally right. Just like, well, that's a big bird. Oh shit. That's a hawk. Anyway. um, (laughs) Oh, I really wish that's got to be the video clip for this week because you're just, and just like, ding. Ding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, he left. Okay. Uh, anyway, but what I liked about doing the open air drug markets was it's like I've always thought the war on drugs was bullshit. I've always thought we need to put more resources into treatment than punishment. And like now I have data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like actually like learning something about something I already thought I believed and then confirming to myself that I was right. Yeah. Like, oh, Fudge, sorry. Another one that I really, really enjoyed. Like, I didn't just enjoy doing the research. I also actually really enjoyed telling the story was the Garner Museum heist. Oh, that's a great one. And that one, I've had several people comment on that, actually. That story is so weird and so, like, cuckoo that it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that's almost might be just the most fun story (laughs) either of us have told. Because there's like, yeah, because it's like, it's not that it's like a victimless crime, but it's like no one was hurt. And then mm -hmm. you had like this crazy cast of characters Mm -hmm. and this really like weird thing with like the museum saying that like no works will ever be replaced. So the empty frames are like still hanging up. Mm -hmm. And also just like, how did they do it? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you've got the cops with like the fake mustaches and like all of it is so. (laughs) It's so good. What? Yeah. yeah, that's that was a lot of fun to research and and do. Yeah, no, um, that, that is a great one. What's our last question, or was that okay? It? What is the most embarrassing thing you've ever seen your co-host do? I have one, and I guess I don't know how much detail you want me. To I because you know I told you already. Yes, I'm okay. Let me say that I don't think I have one for you. Really? I don't know that I've ever actually seen you be embarrassed like there might be stuff that you've been like I regret doing that like Mm -hmm. I shouldn't you know like maybe you've like flown off the handle at somebody that you've been like yeah I probably shouldn't have done that but Mm -hmm. I don't know that I've seen anything that you've been like I'm embarrassed Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed the thing I have for you and what I told you is like I didn't find it embarrassing but I know it's something of other people have been around you would have been embarrassed about Okay. So we were talking about this and Scotty said this. I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'd have for you. And Scotty was like, oh, I know what I'd have for you. And I was like, what is it? And he was like, I'm just going to say a couple words to you. And I was like, okay, what? And he goes, Taco Bell drive-thru. And I was like, okay, pause. (laughs) I would like to express that it was not the Taco Bell drive-thru. It was the Pizza Hut Express drive-thru because- you say Taco Bell, and it sounds like I had some type of gastrointestinal thing. <laughs> yeah. First of all, we should clarify that was not what was happening. <laughs> yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give the like background to this story. Okay. okay. So what had happened was there was a stupid thing that had gone on with a. St- 
stupid dude Mm -hmm. and also involved with this was somebody that I knew who was also being fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of different reasons, at that moment in time, my feelings got really, really, really hurt by these two stupid people. Mm -hmm. And when I look back on it now, the most embarrassing thing about it is how upset I got because that dude ain't worth shit. So... (laughs) I could not have wasted my energy being upset on a more worthless human being. (laughs) I concur. Yes. So I was really sad about it. (laughs) You and another friend were supposed to come over, but she ended up not being able to come over. Mm. She... Yeah, for life reasons. She was Mm. not able to come over. So Scotty came over while I basically drank at least a bottle of wine by myself. Mm-hmm. And in this time, while I'm drinking this, I'm like, uh, like ugly, uh, like ugly crying <laughs> yeah. about this again, about this guy who is absolutely not at all worth the time and energy it took to produce <laughs> the tears I cried about this. And so I think at some point you were just like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want breadsticks from pizza. And so Scotty very kindly was like, okay, get in the car. And I think I had a cup of wine in the car with me. You sure did. I mean, might as well just like Albuquerque police department, if you're listening. Um, But yeah, no, we, we were definitely breaking the open container. You didn't have a bottle though. Right. I think I I put it into a a fairly good size. Yeah. It was a, it was a hefty pour. Definitely. Yes. And then, and then you can take it from here, I guess. Well, I mean, it's just, yeah, we went and got breadsticks. Mm-hmm. Um, you pretty much ugly cried your way through the whole drive through experience. And then for whatever reason, we also went to Whole Foods. We went to Whole Foods because you were also hungry. Oh, and I, I think I was doing keto. Yes. So like I needed something not breadsticky. Yes. So I'm sitting there like... <laughs> Yeah. In the fucking Whole Foods salad bar area. Like the. Yeah. I just remember you just like kind of lurching drunkenly through Whole Foods. Probably not actually crying, but like. I think I was sort of like. like, Obviously had been crying. Yes. And like at least one lady walked by, kind of (laughs) clocked you, looked at me, and just kind of went, kept going. And I was like, I. This is not my this doing. Not, <laughs> no, I did not I'm trying this. to take care of this like sloppy yeah. bitch right now. And then that <laughs> friend texted and was like, is she doing okay? And then that resulted in like the funniest text messages about me because you were like, cause she, the friend was like, is she okay? Like, like, I'm so sorry that I can't be here. And you were like, she's crazy. I was like, she's crying in the front seat of my car. We're at the Taco Bell drive-thru. She's drinking wine. She says it's fine and she loves you. (laughs) That's right. I forgot about that. And I think that like you were like, hey, friend wants to know how you're doing. And I was like, it's fine. I understand. I'm drunk. Tell her I'm drinking wine. And I love her. And you like just dictated it. (laughs) That's right. Send. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty much how. And then I somehow got you home, and and I eventually, think, I think like, the food helped. Yeah, because I was gonna say like, because I feel like by the end of the night you were a little bit like, why am I crying over this dude back? Yeah. 
And yeah. certainly by the next morning, you were like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. I was just yeah. like, this is stupid. This is... <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, we've all had, we've all, we've all been there. We've all way. been there. And you, you know what? witnessed it with me, but like similar things have happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, have you, have you even lived until you've gotten <laughs> sloppy drunk on wine in your home and then had your best friend take you through the Pizza Hut Express drive through you know, like. Yeah. Get out there and live life at full volume. Right. And you That's know what a... else? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is a good place, though, because I'm out of questions. So. Fantastic. Okay. Then I was going to say, and you know what else? What else? Stay weird. Stay curious. We will be back next time with a full-blown episode. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Friends will blow your mind with the finest nonsense we could find. Might be true, and that's the weirdest thing.